It's been a few years since we were with you last, four years precisely, that, uh, that we came and visited you. Uh, several things have happened since that time. And uh, so we want to bring you greetings from, from three different churches. Not just one, but three different churches. First of all, from the Mency Church. The Mency Church is where Phyllis and I have served for the last 13 years there in the southern Paris suburbs. Uh, I can say to you today that that church plant is finished from a missionary's point of view. Uh, and your missions dollars have had a part in planting that church, and you can feel good about that. That is a high point in our career. That is also a high point for you, uh, the church of uh, Evangelical Free Church of Iowa Falls. Your missions dollars have accomplished that. I also bring you greetings from a second church. That's the church of Savigny-le-Temple. We finished uh, our time in the Mency Church in June of last year, 2014. We had already had our, had our, our home assignment planned for January 2015. So there was a period of time there that, uh, that we didn't have anything to do, so to speak, but our denomination came to us and asked us to, to go help the, a church, the church of Savigny-le-Temple, that, uh, that was in crisis and uh, they lost their pastor to death. Uh, there was conflict in the church, so we went over there and, and helped as much as we could. Uh, some resolution well, was brought about. They still have more work to do, but we bring you greetings from that church too because that's where we served for uh, a certain period of time, a short uh, few months, and we bring you greetings uh, uh, from a third church. We don't know. That's the, that's the unknown church, and that's the church that we're going back to because we don't know where we're going back at this point. There's always room for a missionary or missionaries in France, and so we don't question that, uh, but we want God's word, God's opinion, God's choice for us so that we will be most effective. He knows who we are. He knows what uh, he can accomplish through us, and, uh, and so that's what we're praying for. That's what we're asking you to do. Uh, possibility of going back to Savigny Le Temple, a church that, uh, that has some problems. There's another option of going to a church plant just not far from our house, Corbet it's called. Those are two options that we see, but there might even be a third one, the one with uh, a question mark, the one that maybe God has chosen for us and we don't know about yet. And so as we seek God, we're asking to know where to go back to. We're asking you, as you have prayed for us and supported us over these years, since 1990, to continue to pray and ask God with us where he wants us to go. We can choose one, but will that be the right one? God knows where we can be most effective for him, and so we're asking that, uh, that you pray with us uh, in that respect. Well, Galatians, open your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. We're going to talk about, this is a, a missionary message in the sense that we're going to talk about the person that, and the qualities that person, person should have when he preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ and when he lives before those who need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. But before we do that, I'd like to pray. Lord, we thank you today that as we can meet together in your house as your family, coming together to recognize you as the giver of all good gifts, as the giver of life, the one who has done your work in us and continues to work through us, who helps us uh, in our difficulties, who, sets up, uh, up, who has a place for us in heaven, uh, and who also uses us as his ambassadors in this world uh, to preach Jesus Christ, to, 
who, who, who at home or on a mission trip in Iowa Falls uh, can reach out and, and share Christ with those who the gospel still works, and we need to be convinced of that. So, Father, I thank you today for what you will tell us in Galatians chapter 5 and ask that your Holy Spirit would guide us and open our hearts. May we be receptive uh, to you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Galatians 5, verse 1. It's for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm, then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. I want you to notice, first of all, that responsibility follows blessing. It always does. Responsibility follows blessing. God has set you free. Now stand firm and resist temptation. Resist slavery. He's freed you from that. Stay in it. Stay in it. Freedom is dear to the hearts of us as Americans. Uh, America is the land of the free and, and the home of the brave. And freedom has always been costly. It has cost a lot of blood to, to obtain it and to maintain it. And it's very dear to us. And we don't hesitate to fight for it because it's so dear to us. Our history bears this out. Well, history, freedom is also very dear to us as Christians. It was very costly for the one who shed his blood for us to be able to give us freedom. And we need to be freed because like all humans everywhere, we were born as slaves, into slave, as slaves to sin. We were born with Adam's nature and slaves to sin. It says in Romans 6, 6, that we know that our old self was crucified with him so that our body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin. We were born under Adam's nature. Though Galatians talks a lot about slavery to the law, the law of Moses, uh, slavery in general is what's in view, slavery that would keep us from, from the pure gospel of Jesus Christ, from the pure grace of Jesus Christ. So not only from the law of Moses, but from Adam's sin nature as well. Born slaves to sin. The sin nature is a cruel taskmaster. Jesus said in John 8, verse 34, Very truly, I tell you, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. But by his death, and his resurrection, Christ broke the chains of slavery that, uh, that bound us to our sin natures. That was last Sunday, Easter. Christ died and was resurrected. He paid for our sins. He was raised to life and gives us life today and freedom from sin. The risen Christ overcame sin and death and set us free. And when we share the gospel with others around us, we're proclaiming freedom from sin and, and, and freedom from condemnation. We're proclaiming peace with God. What then is this, this freedom uh, that we proclaim? How can we, how can we understand this freedom? Is it, is it just freedom from the rule of a, another person, like, a, like a, a dictator? Is it just freedom to do as, as we see fit, as I see fit? Freedom to do what I want? The very essence of biblical freedom is not the, 
the absence of all restraints, but rather the freedom to live according to what God's design for us, freedom to live as his new creatures in Jesus Christ. God has not saved us to indulge in our sin natures, but to live according to his design. And what is that design? Well, the Bible tells us that we're new creatures in Christ Jesus, designed to live by the guidance and the power of the Holy Spirit. And at the very core, uh, we are designed to love as God loved us and to serve others. We're created in God's image to be like him. And so we read in the Bible about what God is like. That speaks to us. John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We too should love others, not just in the church, but outside the church. Likewise, Philippians 2, 5 through 8. In your relationship with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be hung on so dearly, uh, but rather he made himself nothing, nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in the appearance of a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. We call him our servant king. Serving others is also at the very heart of what it means to be free. Frankly, it's just too easy to, to misconstrue our freedom. Uh, we want freedom, but we don't know how to live as free people, as free Christians. Uh, don't know how to live this, this freedom that God has given us. We have many times a, a tainted view of what that freedom is. Uh, we have a worldly view of what that freedom is. We tend to want to, now we're free from the law, we're free from the sin nature. Now we want to go over and sample life as our unchristian friends do. They're having a whole lot of fun. And besides that, we tell ourselves, God forgives our sin anyway. But we weren't designed to live like that. God has turned us, set us free. But, but it's not a freedom, it's not a license to indulge in our pleasures. Freedom is not license, but freedom not to sin. And freedom to be like God and to serve others. That's his design for us. Second slide, please. In verses 13 and 14, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law, 600 and some laws altogether, were summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. You don't need those laws when you're loving your neighbor as yourself. So how can we put into place this freedom to be like God? Look at verses 16 and 17 in the next slide, please. Paul says, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, that old sin nature. For the, sin, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict one, with one another, and you can't have them both. 
God has freed us to, to serve him as new creatures in Christ. He set us free so that we can be all that we were meant to be. He is the potter and we are the clay. What I'm saying today gives this verse another, an, an, another, another way of looking at it. You know, I'm just not an old lump of clay. I'm going to be what God's going to make me to be. No, he's got a design for us so that we can become everything that he wants us to be. Free to discover our calling and to fulfill the purpose that he has for our lives. He equips us to be his ambassadors in this world. And for this, he gives us the Holy Spirit to produce God's qualities in us. These qualities shine like, uh, like diamonds in a, in a, in a darkened world. They're, they're like one of those new electronic billboards. Maybe they're not so new anymore, but you remember the old ones? You had to shine lights on them. Well, now they, they with light-emitting light diodes, I think, it shine out, whether it's at the ni in night or, or in the day. But what precisely is the, the new design that uh, God wants us to look like? Next slide, verses 22 through 25. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let's cooperate with the Spirit and the way he wants to work in us and the, and the, 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 the fruit that he wants to produce in us. Can you produce these qualities in yourself? Maybe a little bit, but certainly not like God can. Uh, the fruit of the Spirit is the work of God. It's not the work of man. They're fruit, and they're not human disciplines. These fruits speak loudly, and they shine brightly in a darkened world. Love, joy, peace, patience. They're like a new electronic billboard. Next slide, please. You've undoubtedly seen one of these electronic billboards that that, 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 that speak, that shine. They, they shine their message, whether it's at night or whether it's in the daytime, 24 hours a day. The fruit of the Spirit is, is an electronic billboard showing the truth of the life-changing gospel. It brightly reveals the authenticity of God, the one that we speak about, and the proof that he frees us from our past. God is at work within us. Where we are his ambassadors in a darkened world, a world lost in sin. And by our lives, we proclaim that Jesus saves and Jesus changes. While it's true that it's the gospel that, that saves, the speaker of the gospel must reflect by his life the power and the reality of the gospel. It's useless to proclaim a pure gospel when our lives are stinky. When we're going back to that old nature, 2 Corinthians 2.14. But thanks be to God who always leads us as captives in Christ's triumphal procession and uses us to spread the aroma of the knowledge of him everywhere. 
What do we smell like? Do we smell beautiful? Or do we smell other? Do we have a stinky life? Or do we have one that shines out with love, joy, peace, patience, and all the others? What can we say about the fruit of the Spirit? It's change. It's change from what we were before. It's the, the fruit of freedom. It's the power of the gospel being revealed through us. The way that we lived before salvation is called in this, in this chapter the acts of the sinful nature. The stinky, sinful living that we did before we knew Christ. And we must be vigilant to stand firm and to say no to that. And to say yes to the Holy Spirit and what he wants to do in us. And to not be like a sow after its bath runs back to the wallow. I'm not going to delineate, talk about each one of the, of the fruit of the Spirit today, although there are many qualities to bring out about each one. But these are, you understand these simple words. You don't need a dictionary to, to look them up and to, and to understand them. Nonetheless, I want to talk about their production in our lives. And the first thing I want to say is that Paul uses the word fruit. He doesn't use the word characteristic. Fruit. Fruit. Vegetal growth. An ear of corn doesn't appear overnight. It takes time. It takes time. It's not quick. It takes time. Vegetal growth, growth is it takes time. Uh, grandma says to her grandson, who she hasn't seen for a couple of, uh, of months, I think you've grown. She wasn't there every day to see him grow. As so though we can see growth, we can't. But she can see that after a couple months, he has grown. We can't see growth. We, we can only tell that growth is going on. If we look at a watermelon, we, we can tell that it's getting bigger and it's changing colors, but we're not seeing it grow. We can only observe it over time. But since growth is, is slow, uh, we have to be patient. We need to be patient with ourselves and, and with others in, in the church. And as Christians, that, that talks to us. That speaks to us. We need to be patient with other people whom we think are just not growing fast enough. Patience. We're in, by, we're in God's family. Uh, he's working with us all. Besides that, we're talking about love. Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Though growth is slow, it's true that some people, for a period of time, grow faster. They have a, what we call a growth spurt for a young child who is growing up. Uh, and they grow faster for a period of time. And maybe as a Christian, uh, there are seasons in our lives where we grow faster. But if there's, for every person that's growing faster, that's having a growth spurt, there are others and probably more than just one who are not and so we need to have patience patience with one another it's more like the stock market you know over time it goes up but from day to day it's it's going up and down growth can't be seen but it can be measured it can be measured the yardstick will measure the growth of a child and in the same way troubles or difficulties will 
measure the growth of Christians. You cannot see growth, but trials reveal growth. If I react strongly to someone who cuts me off in traffic, and then after a period of time, I see that I'm no longer reacting that way, or at least less. That's growth. It can be measured by trials, but it can't be seen from day to day. Just sitting there in your pews, do you feel more patient? Do you feel more loving, more kind from yesterday? Probably not. Growth is invisible, and often we don't see it. It's missed, but if you have the Holy Spirit in you, it's inevitable. And that's the second thing. Growth is inevitable. You will become more loving, more patient, uh, more able to face your troubles. Uh, It's inevitable because God is working in you. So be patient and be encouraged. God is working in you. You've probably seen, if you walk down the street in in uh, Iowa Falls, in a neighborhood that's been there for a while, you're probably walking on the sidewalk, you'll come across the sidewalk, it's heaved up because growing right next to it is what? There's an oak tree. And if vegetal growth can have that kind of, has that kind of power to upheave a, uh, a sidewalk, concrete, can't God? Doesn't God have the power to bring about change in your lives and to create fruit the fruit of the Spirit in your lives? Well, I know. If I ask for it, it doesn't count. Amen? Amen. Yeah. Realize that, uh, that you're not saved by fruit. It's not saved, you're not saved by, yeah, by fruit production in you. But you were saved by faith. But James tells us, he makes it very clear, that you're not saved by a fruitless faith. You're saved by a faith that works itself out, trusting in God to change us and to make us different, to make us grow. Some of you have been in Christ for a long time. And there might be some who are still not very loving, not very patient, not very kind. That doesn't mean that you're not in Christ. That doesn't mean that, uh, that you're not saved. But it could very well mean that you're resisting the Holy Spirit. And if that's the case, yield to him. Cooperate with him. Let him have his way because he will produce these things in you. Quit resisting. We're not here just to wait for heaven. God has work for us to do. People are dying every day and going into a Christless existence because people, others who know Christ, haven't shared the gospel with them. They need to know. So get in step with the Spirit so that your billboard will shine out in a way that it will give credence to the gospel that comes out of your mouth. Thirdly, growth is internal. It's internal. What is the fruit of the Spirit? Is it intelligence? Is it being able to 
manage a business or a church? Is it leading? Is it counseling? Is it singing? <coughs> There's a difference between mechanical exterior growth and internal organic growth. Um, if you were to I don't know, take, a, take a rock and put it in a, in a pile, one per day, well, that pile is going to grow, but that's numeric growth. That's not vegetal growth. That's not spiritual growth. growth is, that kind of growth is internal. It's not external. So there's a difference between those kind of growths being external, numeric, or internal spiritual growth. It's possible to serve in the church and the Spirit is using you and people are being helped by you, but, but, but you're not growing. But you're not yielding to the Holy Spirit. You're not changing. There's a, a well-known passage that, that exposes this. It's in 1 Corinthians 13, the love passage. Remember what that says? It says, if, if I speak in the tongues of men and angels but do not have love... I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains, but I, I don't have love, I'm nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that, that I may boast, but I, if I don't have love, I gain nothing. These are activities, activities even in church ministries, but they're not growth. And then it goes on and says that love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. Those are the things that happen inside. That's growth. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in truth. That's not a discipline. It's always, it always protects, always trusts, love always hopes, always perseveres, and love never fails. That's what we want shining out from our billboards. Church attendance, our serving in the church doesn't equal growth. If the Son makes you free, you will be free indeed, it says in John 8. The freedom Jesus gives is Freedom from sin, freedom from guilt, freedom from shame, freedom from burdens of the past. To those who trust him, he gives the freedom to know him and to love him and to serve him with joy, serve others with joy. When Jesus sets you free, uh, you can be all you were meant to be, all he had planned for you to be, because you're free. But that's not to be free to indulge the sin nature or just to do what you want is to be all that he had in, he does intend for us to be so don't hinder the holy spirit working in you let him mold you according to the father's design let him make you an example fit to be followed let him make you a bright shining electronic billboard that shows the qualities of god so that when you talk with someone else about the gospel of Jesus Christ, about Jesus Christ, that person will have a tendency to listen to you because he sees the reality, reality of it in your lives. So this is a missions message, but it's more directed to those who 
preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, who share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and what we need to look like and smell like so that other people will believe the gospel of Jesus Christ. Growth is slow. Growth is inevitable. And growth is on the inside. Be patient. Be encouraged. God is at work within us. Let's pray. Holy Father, we want to thank you today that, uh, that you who have started a good work in us will not give up on that work, but will continue it until the day of salvation. We thank you that you do a good work, that, uh, that when we give you the lead in our lives, that you accomplish things that we could never accomplish on our own, and these things shine in a darkened world. Holy Father, we may not see them in ourselves, but others do. And so we pray today, Father, to be yielding to you in all, that, uh, in all that we are so that you can have your way in us and people will come to Christ. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.